Welcome back, everybody, to Rams Up, your favorite L.A. Rams podcast. You can also follow us on YouTube. Got some great video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. You can follow us on Instagram as well. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans, and has it been a crazy weekend or what? Went into the weekend with a lot going on already. The biggest news, of course, Leonard Floyd getting cut. And then on top of that, Coleman Shelton opting out of the second year of his contract. Allen Robinson still looking for a trade, apparently. And this is how my weekend went. I had a new guest on board Saturday, did a nice little recording, Scott Richmond, a longtime Ram fan, and we talked about what the Rams are going to do moving forward, shaping this roster for 2023. I was going to post it this morning, Monday morning, and I was doing another recording session with my regular guests, Paul Walia and Tom Quartz. And as we were recording that, my phone started to jump off my desk with text messages about this Jalen Ramsey trade. So our conversation segued into a lot of talk about that trade. So we are going to share that conversation this episode. We talk about all things Rams, but a lot about Jalen Ramsey and that trade that Rams made. So check that out. We talk about Wagner, Floyd, and all these other guys as well. And in a little early peek at what the Rams might do in the draft. And maybe some slightly differing opinions on what Rams fans can expect in this upcoming 2023 season. I'm going to get back to the Scott Richmond interview. That'll be on the following episode. Good stuff there too. Scott's a very knowledgeable guy, especially well-informed on how college players will translate to the NFL. Lots of good stuff. So check that out in a couple of days here. I don't want to spend too much time on other stuff going on. The Derek Carr signing, the Panthers trading up to number one, who are they going to pick there? A quarterback for sure, but which one? We'll save that for another day. Let's get to this talk with Paul and Tom, all things Rams, with a special emphasis on this trade and the continuing salary dump and player dump that the Rams are performing as they prepare for the free agency period. Ready for the underdogs, upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is almost here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Now, for me, I'm leaning on the UCLA Bruins. They lost Jalen Clark for the season, perhaps the best defender in the country. But this is a well-coached team. They're very deep. A lot of people are going to be giving up on them, and the odds should reflect that. Don't give up on our UCLA Bruins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook 
with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Hey everybody, the gang is all here once again. I got Paul Walia and Tom Quartz, and we're going to talk all things Rams, another roundtable. And I think we have a few things to talk about, that's for sure. How you doing, Tom? You staying dry up there in the Central Valley? Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty wet up here, but uh, there's a lot of worse places in the, in the country. A little further north of us in Sacramento and that area, they're getting a lot of snow, and I guess some snow down south. So all things yeah. considered, just some rain. How about you, Paul? What's up with you? Uh, everything's good out here on the East Coast, uh, holding it down for uh, a- another off season. But uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I like uh, I like what I'm hearing so far when it comes to NFL news. Hey, before we get started on the Rams, uh, who, who's your uh, who's your March Madness team, Paul? Oof, I haven't committed yet. I usually go for an underdog, so I'm waiting to see like who's the Cinderella story, and I'm going to jump on that Cinderella bandwagon. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on UCLA, but their injuries—they've just got hit by two really, really painful injuries. I love their team. I love what they're doing. I love their coach, but I think they're up against it with Jalen Clark out and possibly Adam Bona. But we'll see. You're a UCLA guy, aren't you, Tom? Yeah, uh, proud alum of UCLA, so obviously all in on UCLA. And uh, uh, Arizona looks really good, though. I think that's a really good team. We've got a couple of good uh, future good professionals on that team. And um, so that was a tough loss last night. But considering, like you said, those two two people down, you know, to stay to have a shot at the at the win with the last shot was uh, not not a bad outcome. But they'll probably end up a two seed somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Let's get on to some Ram stuff. That's what people want to hear about. And there's some news swirling as we speak about Jalen Ramsey. So we're going to save that for last. Uh, let's talk about this Leonard Floyd cut. So the way I look at this is it just really accentuates the fact that the Rams are going to have to go edge early in the draft that unit right now is scary thin and unproven how do you feel about that tom you agree yeah i mean that uh yeah that's very thin <laughs> there's a lot of thin thin spots on this roster right now but um yeah the, the, just to step back for a second on the leonard floyd cut and why they didn't perhaps uh push it out to a june 1st where the the cap that would have been a lot lower uh, they wouldn't have gotten obviously the cap that three million dollar relief and initially, but there's a lot of ways they could have gotten under the cap with some restructures and things like that. That guys like cop, I mean, uh, uh, and so forth. But the so the, to me the cut and and taking that eighteen million dollar cap hit and saving only three this year really isn't uh, the first uh, and the Bobby Wagner actually was the first uh, the first indicator, but this is the second indicator that they're really not looking to really push for a championship in the upcoming year. They are, they're going to take as much as on as they can in this year, uh, in this year, and then retool and have one last go at it for in 2024. So I think that that's the theme of what they're doing. That's the backdrop of, of what all their moves are. And if they can you know, maybe make the playoffs, that'd be a, a really a, a win this year. But um, I really think they're kind of going for a 500 season at best. And, uh, and we'll, you know, loading up for 2024. So that's 
my early take on what the strategy is for the upcoming season. And I think a lot of the moves that we see will uh, play into that you know, narrative. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, take it on the chin in 2023 and gear up for 2024. Although I still think they could be pretty competitive this year. How about you, Paul? Are you, uh, you in the same line of thinking? You know, uh, Leonard Floyd is interesting because, remember, he was handpicked by Staley. They signed him on Staley's recommendation because he fit perfectly to that defense, right? Uh, Unbelievable run defender, shut down that side, made Staley's defense work. So it's it's an interesting move. Uh, Obviously, there are some very positive cap scenarios that come out of this, but you know, Leonard Floyd is going to be a hard player to replace, particularly at linebacker. That is one position where the Rams are paper thin. And um, so it's going to be interesting to see. If Raheem Morris goes to more of like a 4-3 look, more so than a 3-4 look, you know, he does play like that sort of hybrid scenario, situational defense anyway. Uh, that might minimize a little bit, of, but he's going to be a hard figure to replace. Yeah, just to just to hit on your uh, your question there, uh, the Rams are very thin at that position, right? We have uh, under contract uh, second year Daniel Hardy, um, uh, second year Keir Thomas, and uh, and of course uh, Michael Hoyt is a um, uh, restricted free agent, so um, so he'll probably uh, of course be back. But you know that's. <laughs> Very young, very thin at that position, and, and I can see them targeting that position heavily in the first uh, for their first pick. Hey, I just got notified of the trade, the terms of the trade. I think this is official, so maybe we should just segue into Jalen Ramsey right now. The trade is now agreed to a per sources. The Dolphins get pro corner pro ball cornerback Jalen Ramsey. The Rams get the Dolphins' 2023 third-round pick, number 77 overall, and tight end Hunter Long. And that's it. Trade will be processed Wednesday when the league year begins. Now, I'm a little disappointed in the return uh, on that deal. Obviously, the Rams taking it on the chin again to free up some cap space, but in return for Jalen Ramsey, a third-round pick, and tight end Hunter Long. Does anyone know? Uh, can anyone chime in on Hunter Long's skill set? <laughs> I'm doing a background check on it right now. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, real time. And, the, the, again, this is another position we're going to be thin at. Uh, perhaps it reduces the likelihood that they'll draft a tight end, although there are a lot of good ones. I would, I would think that this puts Tyler Higby's career at risk with the Rams anyways, and it also means cornerback becomes a big area of need as well, given that they have a couple of uh, rookies coming back for their second year. And, you know, that's a bit really should be interesting. Are you disappointed with that? Are you disappointed with what we got back? on that trade at first look, Paul? Well, I think Hunter Long will be depth um, from what I'm reading on him. He was expected, uh, the Miami Herald had an interesting article on him. I just uh, went through it really quickly, but about him having a larger role because of Gazeki's uh, departure. Uh, but, you know, if we think about it this way, so now you got, you know, 
my personal favorite, Bryson Hopkins. I would love to see him uh, hit the field. Um, and I know Tom Quartz is uh, uh, patiently awaiting Higby's release. So so maybe this might signal maybe Hopkins gets a little bit more PT and maybe a Higby move is coming. Or we might get the reverse. We might get now maybe that's Higby sticking around because of uh, maybe they don't have confidence in Hopkins uh, to handle the role. But we'll, you know, we'll see how it plays out. It's interesting. The 77 uh, pick overall in return, you know, for, for Ramsey, considering his contract, not too bad. But yeah. you're right. You know, we're hoping to get a little bit more. But so They're up to 11 picks now. How do you feel about it, Tom? First reaction. Well, first reaction is uh, disappointed uh, in the return um, on on the draft picks. Uh, so, uh, but you know, if you if you consider Hunter Long, uh, he was a third round draft pick in twenty twenty one. So you could think of it as two thirds uh, if if you you know value Hunter Long as a true third. Um, so you know, two thirds, um, and they use one of those on a tight end that's you know got a that's got a uh, uh, a couple of years under his belt <clears throat> in experience. Um, I mean, I think they had to move on, right? So that's the best offer they got. So uh, if that tells you anything about how people view uh, Jalen Ramsey out there in the marketplace, tells that that's what it tells me more than anything. And think about now the Rams' secondary scenario, particularly at cornerback. Talk about paper thin. It's another another position that's paper thin. Yeah, and. We'll talk about this at the end, but they now have a second and two thirds. Uh, what would they do with those picks? Would they possibly try to move up into the first round or could they possibly accumulate more picks, uh, move back into the fourth? Um, but there's two area needs now that are just so obvious edge and cornerback, uh, whatever picks they end up with. I, I can't help but think, those picks are going to be edge and cornerback. Although my uh, other guest, Scott Richmond, who we'll hear from, he uh, he feels like quarterback's really deep in this draft, and you can actually get some good ones later. So maybe that's what they'll do. Allen Robinson, given permission to seek a trade. I haven't heard much on that front. Uh, I don't expect that we would get much back for Allen Robinson at this point, or if the trade's even going to happen how do you feel about a proposed Allen Robinson trade? I don't think it has a big impact on our wide receiver group. I think we'll be, you know, a pretty decent group there with or without him. What would you expect to get back for Allen Robinson, Tom? And do you think that trade's going to happen? I wouldn't expect to get anything back for Allen Robinson. I expect to pay to move him. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we might get like a, you know, who knows, a sixth or a seventh or something like that. And we pick up some of the salary. It's just, yeah, that's bad, what I was thinking too. A late it's round a bad, this year it, or next. Yeah, it's a, it's a bad contract, uh, obviously. Um, that was a huge mistake, a very, uh, you know, sort of a, a gut wrench reaction last year after, after losing out um, uh, on, uh, on re signing. Um, uh, <clears throat> OBJ? Yeah, no, no, no. On, on, I'm sorry. Um, to the Bills. On my, Von Miller my, going to the yeah, Bills. Yeah, Von Miller. Yeah, yeah. On, on losing out on the mill on Von Miller, uh, they immediately within hours shifted toward toward that uh, toward that move, and um, it was just a 
it was an emotional move and it was a, a big mistake in retrospect. And then how they used him was even just made it even worse, right? Putting him out on the edge in isolation. Um, and, you know, it's just not as, it's just not the Rams game. It's not their game. I mean, they might put a speed guy out there, but um, to, you know, just to stem the field, but they weren't going to use him as a 50, 50 guy, except maybe in the red zone. And um, just didn't move, didn't move, never moved him inside, let Cup do his thing. It just, it was a disaster all around. It's terrible. I like Allen Robinson. I think the contract was a bit, a bit excessive, which was, I was sort of puzzled by the size of that contract. But um, I like Allen Robinson. Uh, one thing that stands out in my mind is this. Your, your best wide receiver is coming back off an ankle injury, Right. And this is really is a cut your losses move because of the, the size of the contract. However, you know, if he does stick around, I think it'll be positive for the Rams because I think one of the things that goes on um, is that I think people underestimate injuries in the NFL. So when a player is coming back off an injury, they automatically assume, oh, he'll be fine for the upcoming season. You know, I, I take a little bit, you know, different view. I'd say let them hit the field first and let them show you that they can hold up particularly when you talk about a wide receiver and an ankle. So um, I would like Allen Robinson to stick around if they can work it out um, because of, you know, Cooper Cup. And then, you know, they do have a strong wide receiver core if you put them together. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I almost feel like if, if we're only going to get a sixth or seventh round, yeah, might form, keep maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe just better off keeping them. And talk briefly about the Bobby Wagner loss and I don't really find it that impactful. I mean, I love Bobby Wagner. Uh, he's a tackling machine. But in this defense and with um, the, the guys we got back there, Ernest Jones, really just Ernest Jones, you know, a couple of exclusive rights guys backing him up. I think we can find a decent backup in the draft and we'll be okay at that position. Do you agree, Paul? Yeah, I, I think when you watched, it was it – was... It was tough to watch. Wagner, and we talk about Allen Robinson not being used appropriately. Wagner was not used appropriately. His numbers were great, uh, but when you look beyond the numbers, really, it was you could just see it on you know when you watch the games that the system wasn't really and and Bobby Wagner weren't really a good fit. Bobby Wagner is a great player; has no issue with Bobby Wagner. It was just the the scheme that was utilized and and how he was, uh, I guess, how he fit within that scheme was it was not a well well suited for one another. Um, middle linebacker, you know, or inside linebacker uh, in the NFL is changing. Pass coverage is becoming more and more valuable. So, and, and you're right. I think if you take a look at free agency, you take a look at the draft, there are a lot of real, there's a lot of talent there. And I think Ernest Jones is a star in the making. And a chance for him to get some more playing time, I think he's only going to highlight that this season. Well, you, Tom? You, you worried about Bobby Wagner moving on? No, I, I would have liked him to stay. I think they, they just did him a solid. They, I, again, I think, as I said before, <laughs> if, if the Rams were you know, in a position to be all in this year, they're not even in a position to do it. So if they were in a position to do it and they were, and that was their intention, then I think he would have stuck around. But he wants to go to a place where he can win. And um, he didn't want to be in a rebuilding scenario. He thought that's what he was entering last year. It didn't turn out that way. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think he moves on. Um, he did them really a solid in helping to keep that team together when McVeigh sort of checked out. Uh, he was the one that really stepped up, I think, um, in, as, you, as you read everything of that went on 
and they just did him a solid and, and let him move on. Yeah, I'd expect them to use a middle to late round pick on an inside linebacker, middle linebacker, and we'll get into the draft another day, but uh, I'm yeah. not too worried about him moving on. The guys there, Ernest Jones, we talked about, but then the other, I don't think they, uh, Travin Howard's an unrestricted free agent. He was a, he was a, a just a um, hurt, 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 hurt all year long. Um, he was on the 48. Uh, can you believe this? Travin Howard was on the 48 man roster one time last year out of 17. One time. Yeah. Uh, even there, Christian Roseboom, uh, Jay Kummel, and Jake Gervas are, are, you know, a bunch of special team guys um, that are uh, in line there. So there is no alternatives. Uh, there is no second inside linebacker. That's a, a key, right. key position. Um, and I think uh, right up there with Edge on, uh, on, on what they're going to target. I'm hoping that teams take a look at Levante David's age and they sort of look past him. And I hope the Rams can get him in at a decent number because I think he'd be a nice compliment at inside linebacker for the Rams. That veteran leadership that Bobby Wagner brought was very, very valuable for the Rams. You saw that because that was a tough season. Um, somebody like David would fit in really – and Raheem Morris would just love him. I mean, they're perfect. I mean, they know each other. Uh, there's familiarity there, and the scheme fit is just phenomenal. Okay, we've talked about Ramsey, and we'll probably talk about him again some more here before we check out Allen Robinson, Leonard Floyd, Bobby Wagner. I was really disappointed, surprised about this Coleman Shelton deal. I did not know about this, that he had the ability to check out of it, opt out of his second year, and which he did. He becomes an unrestricted free agent, and all offseason, I'd been penciling him in as a potential starter at center a starter at guard if we stick with Brian Allen or draft a center. He just gave us so much flexibility along that offensive line, and that's the unit that, you know, probably created the most frustration last season for sure, right, because of all the injuries. And, and we may be able to bring him back, but it really complicates things. Um, this offensive line, we could talk all day about it, but uh, Coleman Shelton possibly gone, is that – how, how much does that concern you, Paul? So remember Austin Corbett from the Browns? I got another name right. from the Browns, Ethan Pochick. Time to bring him in. You know, he's a great center. He's a big center. Uh, he's proven durable. He's proven capable. I think he's a better fit for the Rams. I don't I don't know about the Brian Allen scenario. He hasn't. He's a great player. He has not been able to stay healthy. But it's time to bring in Ethan Pochett from uh, – I think he'd be a great free agent signing. The only difference is that he's very, very popular. There's a lot of free agent buzz around him. I don't know what that number is going to look like, uh, but I think he'd be a great fit for the Rams. Yeah, yeah. this offensive line is just going to be a crazy remake. I have a feeling. What are you going to say, Tom? Yeah, I just I, – I, there's a lot of good free agents out there. I, I Again, just to the, going back to the theme uh, this year, It's I really feel like – Anybody they they sign any free agents they sign it's just it's been their history and I think it's going to really stand even more so this year that um, unless there's a very inexpensive um, uh, unrestricted free agent that they can get at a, on a deal I don't think they're going to really sign any uh, uh, and I think it's going to unless it's a long somebody that can be a long term player like a Brian Burns they had, you know uh, to take over sort of after. Uh, Donald leaves or something like that, they would they'll they'll invest in that kind of a free agent. But 
Um, I think they'll probably prefer to do it via trade just because of the comp pick scenarios. But, um, you know, so I, again, I think that they're going to target uh, roster cut players, right? Under like, like at the Bobby Wagner last year and so forth. And a guy that's out there at center is Ben Jones from Tennessee was cut. Um, that's the kind of player I think that they pick up. Yeah. The offensive line, it's it, there. If you try to propose what their offensive line is going to look like right now, it's almost impossible. Uh, you don't know what they're thinking about, uh, how they feel about note boom coming back as a left tackle, uh, Lyric Jackson, is he the guy? Are they going to sign a, a released left tackle, bring him in? It's just, uh, we can only guess at this point. But I, think, I, sure- I, I think Kansas City, what happened last year with Kansas City, the Tyreek Hill move, I, in my opinion, I think the, the Rams should really take a look at that because I think Kansas City made a, a terrific statement that sometimes it's better to get four really good players and instead of one elite player, right? Depending on how you make up your roster. And if you look at the Super Bowl with the Eagles and the and Kansas City, that's really what it was. It wasn't a lot of super elite players that were added during the to the roster. It was a lot of really good to very good players that were so you had a solid roster across the board. And when the Rams won their trophy, that's what their roster looked like. So and absolutely the post draft cuts really dictate I think the bulk of the Rams moves, but for offensive line, the Rams learned a valuable lesson last year. That's not where you try to save money. That's where you spend money because if you want to throw the ball 600 times, like uh, we know McVay wants to, that's not a place where you want to start bringing in guys that are, you know, on the sort of like the, on the lower side of the continuum. So I think if the Rams are going to earmark where to spend money, Right, because they're still not sure about Nopum. So, if you read that report on Nopum, I was sort of shocked that, and it caused it to the Achilles, obviously. Right, um, they're still not sure about Nopum. So, you already got a question mark. You have three guys, you know, uh, Alaric's coming back with the uh, blood clot scenario, and you saw the press conference. So, um, O line is still a major question mark. So, if I were the Rams, I would go early, solve that scenario early because that's really going to dictate your season. Yeah, our guest, Scott, um, he compared it to 2017. I think your strategy would be similar to that. In 2017, they brought in Whitworth and John Sullivan. Yeah. And look and at Presto Whitworth. It was a stabilizing force. Yeah, I think what's, what Tom is saying is you think that the back – well, this year they would more likely find street-free agents, basically release players – with an eye towards next year uh, making a run, uh, obviously try to fill the holes as best they can this year, but no big free agent con, no big free agent signings anywhere. Really? Is that what you're saying, Tom? I think that they'll, again, I don't, th- I don't think that they're going to be in the um, UFA yeah, market with a, a, again, unless it's somebody that can be a long-term, uh, a long-term deal that, you know, can really help them, you know, in 2024 and beyond. Um, they're not going to do anything that just solidifies this year. Uh, but, yeah, so <clears throat> it's going to either be a cornerstone player or they're going to go with the street free agents to fill the to fill the gaps and try and find some value there, right? I mean, you, you, there's already a, a, some pretty good uh, street free agents out there. I don't know what their value is going to be on the free market, but, um, you know, there's, there's some, uh, you know, Donovan Smith, left tackle, um, was cut by Tampa Bay. 
there's some there's some guys out there. Lawan, right? He was released by the Titans, was it? It was at least outright they have him listed as. And he's uh, he's a guy that has injury concerns, and he's getting up there in years. So I, I'm not proposing that he's an answer, but just another guy. Damian Wilson was released outright too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I didn't. I guess I had never really considered that the Rams might put a franchise tag on Matt Gay, <laughs> and going along with your line of thinking, Tom, uh, taking it on the chin in 2023, it makes sense that they're not going to spend four or five million dollars on a kicker. Uh, they'll find a street free agent or you know find a kicker somewhere. But if they are going to make a run this year, uh, be in playoff contention. I felt so good about having Matt Gay back there kicking field goals, so consistent and reliable. Not necessarily a giant leg, but I have a hard time believing they're going to be able to bring him back at this point. Yeah, I, I think that they'll they'll figure out a way to bring him back, um, give him a little bit, maybe another year or two, then, uh, then maybe another team would with a little, a little lower hit. Um, for, some, for whatever reason, it, it seems like, these special teams players tend to reside with their own teams. Um, and, uh, and I don't know why that is. It's, it's maybe we're just talking the difference between two and 3 million or three and 4 million. Isn't that significant? Um, so, uh, for, for the team, but it's significant for the player. So, um, I have a, I have a fe- good feeling about him, his coming back, but, um, uh, we'll see. Are you in the Matt Gay camp, Paul? Are you? Uh, I am, you want him to come I am back? fully entrenched in the Matt Gay camp. Kickers translate to wins directly, right? Yeah. You get two words: Adam Vinatieri. Remember that? Ask the Patriots how valuable he was. As yeah, right? so, you it's, know. it's interesting that as obviously Greg the Leg had a more powerful yeah. leg than Matt Gay, but I tell you, I think I was more nervous with Greg. Than I am with Matt Gay on a 42 yarder. Matt Gay's that's, clutch. That's the bottom line. Yeah, so it translates right. directly to W. So you, they have to find a way to bring Matt Gay back. And that's not an easy thing to find. Although, Cameron, remember uh, our buddy Cameron Dicker, the kicker? So he yeah, did actually right. look really, really good. So he's also another possibility. But I would, I am fully entrenched in the Matt Gay camp. So here's a thought. What? I'll start with you, Paul, this question. You know, right now the Rams have 11 picks in the draft. Would you expect them to try to move up, possibly lose picks to get up into the first round, maybe move picks to get up into the fourth round? Or do you think that they're going to stand pat, try to draft 11, maybe even add picks, 12, 13 players? Uh, I don't know if it's really intelligent to bring in 13 rookies in one year. But which direction do you, do you think they're going to go? So, you know, this draft is interesting. I think when people first looked at this draft, I think there were a lot of people that were like, hey, this is not a deep draft. And at certain key positions are absolutely correct. There's not a lot of flash and pizzazz in this draft. However, if you look at this draft, there are some key positions that there's great depth. I think what the Rams should do, so if you take a look now, I just added in 77 to the Rams. They got 36, 69, 77. So they got three in the top 100, right? I think what they should do, those are some really solid picks. Uh, If they can amass some more, that's great. And try to get as many picks as possible in the top 125. And bring in, just like what I just mentioned earlier, right? Bring in 
some quality players. If you want to do a roster rebuild, the way to do it is through youth and to do it with quality players. And there are a lot of really good players that fill immediate needs for the Rams. And that's the key. And I think, you know, the hard part about the scenario with the draft is that if you draft, we need X to play here, you're going to have a bad draft. What you have to do is bring in young young guns that can play, regardless of the position, right? Bring in quality players. And I think if you can amass as many picks as you can in the top 125, right, which I think is very viable because if you look what the Rams have, they have three, three in the five, three in the six now. Um, and like I said, they have 36, 69, and 77. And if you so you're look, talking about, so you're talking about maybe packaging uh, a fifth and sixth down, rounder yeah, or whatever absolutely. and getting into the fourth Stay round. where you are, 36, 69, 77. I think that's really, really good. And see if you can get another one in the top 125 or another two in the top 125, you know? So let's see what's, see what's out there. There's some great, great names. And I know we're not talking draft today. I just want to throw out uh, this one name. Kalijah Clancy is an Aaron Donald, like a mini Aaron Donald. This kid from Pitt, if if the the Rams must bring this kid onto the roster because they need a pass rush in the worst way. And this kid has all the makings, obviously early on a rotational pass rusher, but has all the makings of being a legit NFL star. This kid looks now, really good. Now, he would be characterized as a defensive end more than an edge rusher. Is that yeah, true? he's a D-tackle, yeah. Definitely, right. but I uh, think on the light side, like two two eighty ish, I think. Yeah, he's two eighty six one. But if you watch his tape, man, holy moly, the hand usage, the quickness off the ball, it's like you're literally throwing ninety nine on this kid. It looks like you're watching Aaron Donald and Pitt again. It's it actually really good. Fit. I think he was probably uh, a month ago. He was probably going to be our second or third rounder. I think he may have elevated himself yeah. into the first round. You watch that tape, yep. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Tom? What, what do you do with 11 draft picks at this point? I I don't think they trade out. I don't think they, they move up like like you're talking. I mean, unless there's somebody that they just, just absolutely love. Um, but, uh, you know, less need is much more likely to trade down and get more people um, and get more more bodies. Uh, and uh, that, that seems to be his MO. Um, I think that they want to uh, load up on but they want to load up on bodies. They know it's it, to some degree it's a it's a uh, numbers game, right? If if what it's sort of a half to a third, and then as you move down the down the list, it's it you know your hit rate on on uh, literally viable long term players that can start and contribute to your team, other than special teams, it's pretty you know it's pretty low. It's you know it starts at around fifty percent in the top echelons of the first round, and then drops down from there pretty precipitously. So I think from a numbers game perspective, they uh, they go with the numbers over the um, over the uh, you know sort of targeting that one player and packaging and moving up. With the numbers game in mind, I did a little experiment on the on the NFL mock draft database simulator just this morning over my second cup of coffee, and I said I'm going to accept every trade <laughs> if if it gives me a pick in the same round and uh, any additional picks are this year, not next year. And right. I think I accepted five or six trades and I, I ended up drafting 16 players. Right. 
I was really happy with the results. I mean, it was pretty incredible. I, I think I got uh, one player at minimum at every position group except for special teams. Uh, I drafted a corner, uh, a quarterback, a running back, a tight end, two edge rushers, two cornerbacks, a safety, and on and on and on. But then I, I just got to wondering what would, you know, if you're drafting guys, you're drafting them, you're expecting them to make the roster, you're hoping right. to make the roster. <laughs> and what is that camp? What would that camp look like with 16 drafted rookies walking in and probably another 10 or 11 undrafted free agents? I'll tell you this, it would be one heck of a competitive camp, that's for sure. But I just don't know, you know, what what that roster would look like if you really had that many rookies, uh, drafted rookies coming coming in. Um, I don't know. That would be. It would look like like this past season because if you have any injuries, you're toast, right? Because people that you're bringing in can't play the NFL. Yeah, and the Rams are one team that generally does do not rush their rookies. Right. You know, they have guys sit for a year and learn the trade. And Tom, maybe you know a little bit more about this. Um, you know, there are there's guaranteed money for drafted rookies, and would sixteen drafted rookies would that be a load on the salary cap? Or I guess the option is playing paying second or third year guys. Uh, here's a question, and I apologize if you haven't. You need to do homework on this, but is a sixth round draft pick more of a load on your salary cap than a second year undrafted? No, no, not at all. They're all take, they're all making the minimum <laughs> at that point in time. The only players that are uh, are a load um, in, of any significance on your salary cap. Are the early round first? Are the first rounders in particular? Are the ones that get so-called slotted? Yeah, the, exactly. And you know, okay. those are the, that's one of the reasons the Rams stay away from those guys is that that they're literally you know four years on your cap, um, and there are fifty percent hit rate. So that's why they trade those picks away and uh, and for proven guys that they know can contribute right away. And then there's a lot of other benefits of doing that. Notably, that the, most of the time the other team has picked up a lot of the front uh, loaded salaries and the guarantee side. So they come pretty cheap. So that's, that's a summary of why the Rams do that. But the answer to your question is no, once you get into, quite frankly, into the second round, uh, there's almost zero difference in salary cap impact on, and which, um, which, on right. and which is why a lot of the really good teams, when it comes to roster construction, they're focusing on those numbers that start like number 40 to 125. to them. That's really where the bang for your buck is. That's where those players that right. numbers from 40 to 125. That's why when you do your mock draft simulator, anybody below 40, you get the draft offers. That's why. Yeah, right, right. right. Yeah, but uh, so, so Tom, you'd be okay with drafting 16 guys. I mean, I'm about 16, but um, <laughs> but I think that I think I do think to, to your point, though, that they're right now, well, right now, as we sit here at this moment in time, you know, even you know, including the um, the trade, we knew that assuming Allen Robinson gets traded, uh, which I think he will, um, I think they're going to unload him for whatever they can get. Quite frankly, um, that um, they they have thirty seven rostered players, right? That are, that could make you know they're likely to be on this team next year, and um, and so and there's a couple guys in there that might not even make the team. So you know, you're talking about. Uh, the 17 players, right? There's some 
exclusive rights free agents and the restricted free agents that will probably get re-signed, um, no doubt about it. But this is going to be a very young roster. The Leonard Floyd thing, just, you know, the Rams, everybody's talking about the cash, 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 but the Rams aren't, don't worry about cash. They're, they, they're not cash management guys, right? They spend whatever they need to spend if they think that they are going to get a bang for their buck out of it. So um, I think that they're clearing they're clearing space for very inexpensive players um, this year. And it's going to be, a. and one of the reasons they're going to do that is I think that they are saying, Hey, we're, we want to, um, we're not really going for it this year. Right. So let's clear everything out for the 2024 and that we can, we're going to play a bunch of young guys. We talked to, you talked about the secondary Paul um, just to use that as an example um, right now, you were looking at uh, at Jacoby uh, Durant, Darian Kendrick, um, and Grant Haley as your uh, you know as your guys, right? And then Russ Yeast can kind of fill in on that nickel as well. So, and you got Robert Rochelle who couldn't even make make the team last, you know, couldn't get any playtime last year. So, um, I think they're going to go with that group of guys and uh, and maybe you know sign a. A, a cut free agent, a street free agent. So um, my point is it's going to be a very young team and they're going to be happy to have a bunch of young first round guys to see who can play in the, and contribute in the following year. The reality is if you draft 10 guys and you come away with a draft of 10 guys and you're like, Oh man, we nailed it. We love all our guys. And then, you know, the reality is, is that you maybe you hit your hit rates, maybe 60%. Uh, I'm just making up that number, but you know what I'm saying. You know, very rarely do you hit on all those guys. But if you're drafting 12, 13, 14 guys, you know, you're there's a likelihood that you're going to have uh, seven, eight of those guys are going to be, you know, quality NFL players. So that's part of that scenario that I like. Just increases your chances of actually drafting. You know, you just have more opportunities to draft guys that are really going to make it. I just got another text. I'll share this with you. Uh, the Rams will take on 19.6 million of dead cap and sending Ramsey to the Dolphins, freeing up 5.6 million. We all knew that already. Miami acquires guaranteed money to Ramsey in 2023, 17 million, 2024, 18 and a half million, 2025, 19 and a half million. And, you know, if I'm a Dolphin fan, the one thing that concerns me about that is, you know, is Ramsey's play going to deteriorate over these next two or three years is very possible. So that's a little scary from that perspective. You were going to say something, Paul? Yeah, I think the profile with Ramsey is not so much the play. I think you bring up a good point is that he's hard to manage from a coaching standpoint. And you saw a little bit of it last year, right? You know, there were a couple, I mean, we don't want to use the term bonehead plays, but they, you know, you start to see more and more of that as he's on your team. Like the first year, he'll be great. He'll be disciplined. You can manage him really well. And then you start to see it sort of deteriorate as time goes on. And I think that's what, you, and I think all, I think all the Ram fans knew by game 13 that, oh boy, Ramsey's like digging himself a hole right now, the way, you know, his attitude and everything else. And we knew this was going to happen. You know how we knew this was going to happen? If you go back a couple of podcasts that we had, when we said that he was starting his own podcast, you remember what we all did? Oh, right, we, right. Like, we all did a collective sigh. We were like, oh, 
that's the last thing we need him to do. So, so that's the thing with Ramsey is that it's, you know, he, we know he's a quality player. We know he's a great player. He's like, you know, how do you find cornerbacks with that skill set? It's so rare, uh, but he's just really hard to manage. Yeah, and there, there, you're right. There were a couple of games where um, he made mistakes that really cost us. And if you want him to be a shutdown corner, uh, I think he can do that. The problem is, does he want to do that? You know, does he want to be the guy that uh, is shutting down a wide receiver all day long, but not really making the splash plays that he wants to make? You know, for for television sake, really. Tom, do you agree? How how do you feel about do you think the Dolphins, let's put it this way, do you think the Dolphins made a good deal here? I mean, obviously they only had to give up a draft pick and a tight end, but you know, how do you feel about that money they're taking on for a cornerback his age? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it's probably a you know a, a fair deal in retrospect. The Rams really wanted to get rid of him. And when when you come out and say we're gonna trade this player and we're gonna take best offer, uh, it really limits your your uh, your market right and so uh, but i do think it's good for miami they're in a position where they need uh, they needed some leadership on that defense and he'll provide that um and so uh you know gives them some swagger and and so it, it, it but i do think it was i, do, I agree with paul it's time for the rams to move on from from jalen ramsey um and and again if i keep say every move they make i'm going to say it it just it it if they were going to try and win this year, they would have never done that. And they're not going to try. They're not trying to win this year. They're trying to win in 2024. And it's what makes all the, they're going to get a lot more money for him this year than they will next year. He's healthy. He had, you know, he, he's not going to play better next year than he did this year or the year before. He's not getting any better. He's only getting older. And so, you know, eat it now, eat your 19 million and um, this year and then move on. Yeah, and we were wrong, you know, early on. We're, we were wrong when we suspected that they would not trade Ramsey for these reasons. If they're going to cut Floyd, they're going to wait till June 1st. And it's because maybe we were maybe just uh, hoping as Ram fans that they were going to continue to strive for a championship this year. And these are indications that may not be the case, although I still think they're going to be pretty darn competitive. I still think that they have as... Sean McVay said the pillars there. It's just a matter of winning some close games, winning the games they're supposed to win, and uh, you know sneaking away with a couple wins and maybe games that they that last year where they they would have lost. How about you, Paul? Any final thoughts on what are your final thoughts of the Rams as of today? Where they are, where they're headed? How do you feel as a diehard Rams fan? Well, I'm hopeful. I think. Um... There's another way to sort of look at this is that they're making room also. I think they learned from last year. You can't put all your eggs in one basket like with Von Miller, right, and OBJ. So um, maybe what they're doing is that um, – and, you know, and Tom and I are both in the same sort of thought process that you never know when players become available. And you want to be able to – when a player becomes available, you think it's a really good fit for your – for your team and your scheme, you want to be able to pull the trigger. And one of the ways to do that is to get out of this whole, you know, this uh, cap nightmare, right? So that you can make those shrewd moves. I think that's another lesson they learned from last year, that they don't necessarily have to now wait 
that they're going to have enough room that if somebody becomes available and said this guy is perfect for us, they can make that move and they can do it without hesitation. So that's another way you could take a look at it because there's enough talent on this roster. They can be competitive. They will be competitive, right? If they can bring in enough complementary players to really support that what we say are, quote-unquote, the core nucleus of this team, they can be competitive. And I think Kansas City was a great example to go back to Kansas City, you know, and Andy Reid. You know, you can't pick and choose when you're going to win the Super Bowl, right? You have to be in it every year. You may not have your elite years. And look at the year we lost to the Patriots. No one picked the Patriots to win that Super Bowl that year, right? You have to be, it's, it's sort of like the lottery. You got to be in it to win it. So you got to be competitive enough that when the opportunity presents itself, and I said that about last year, look how bad the NFC West turned out to be. If the Rams had hung on, they might have had a chance to be a lot better and be more competitive in that division. However, that being said, that's that's last year. You have to be competitive enough that if the opportunity presents itself, that you can run with the pack. So uh, so that's the other side of being a rebuild. I don't think they need to go into complete rebuild mode. I think they need to start looking at tweaking mode. They need to tweak this roster, get competitive, because last year was an absolute nightmare. And they have to be – and they. And the one thing I will say is they have to stop with this talk about – you know, one I love McVay. I think he's great. Listen, if you want to retire, retire. It cannot be every year – uh, let's see if I like it. You know what? Then move on. You know, and the same thing with the rest of the Ram players too. Listen, if you're going to retire, retire. The Rams can't be in limbo every year. What killed the Rams' hopes last year was they went from talking about repeating and everything else, and we know the uh, you know less need at the microphone and a drunken stupor saying we're going to open up the checkbooks, right? They went from that to like talking about. Uh, I don't know if I, uh, let's talk about retirement. I might have an ESPN deal as an announcer. And I think that really took away a lot of the steam uh, going into the season. You know, we talked about Jalen Ramsey in the podcast. So I think they need to refocus themselves. If you're in it, you're in it. That needs to be the message to the team. And that should be the message that the players bring to every season because that wasn't the message last year. Yeah. I agree. I was really getting tired of McVeigh's act at the end of every year, possibly retiring. Final question before we uh, wrap things up. Uh, I know we're going to talk about the draft later on. We'll have a whole episode or two on the draft as the draft gets closer. And maybe we'll have another get together, another round table uh, a week or two into free agency. But I'll just throw this question out here. Uh, Tom, I'll start with you. The Rams have a, a second-round pick and two third-round picks. What is your guess? What three positions will they be drafting with those three picks? And I know uh, you never know for sure um, what players are going to be on the board. But if, if it was up to you, what are the three positions you would be circling if you were less need? I need to get these three guys. And, you, and it's a tough question for you because you already said, I'm not drafting for, for a position. I just want to bring in – Great players, but if you had to pick by position, what would oh, you no. pick? No, maybe. Yeah, I'm sorry if I'm. I, I, what I was saying is, is that I think they're gonna they're gonna draft a lot of players, um, a lot of young players, as many as they can, and put them out on the field, right? As opposed to sitting them this year, they're gonna let a lot of guys compete, a lot of guys get play time. Again, it's an audition for the following year, um, so they <clears throat> they know what they have. 
going into 2024. And they can be uh, with all those with all those uh, minimal minimum contracts on the books. It just gives, like Paul had said, it gives them a lot more flexibility for getting the, the right guy at the high end. But to answer your question, I do think they will. Um, uh, I think they're going to go after an edge uh, with their first with their with the first pick. Um, and that's just the, the highest value uh, position at this point in time. And then that's obviously their, you know, uh, their number one need, you know, uh, among their number one needs, if not their number one need. Uh, I think that they on the at the inside linebacker front, they, they, they kind of got a lot of guys, you know, that are that they drafted that are contributors. That's a great position for special teams. They got you know, Rosemary with your boss and all these guys um, at that Hummel at that position. Uh, so but I do think they're going to go in the, you know, like get somebody like Kendricks or somebody like that who's been cut. Um, from Minnesota and plug them in there, a, a veteran next to um, Jones. I'm not sure that they're going to really, they'll probably draft some guys there, but late, if they do, it'll be in the later rounds. And then, and then cornerback, uh, the, you can't get enough of those guys um, and see how they compete. Uh, Kendrick didn't perform great last year. He turned out to be slow like everybody thought he was in the sixth round. Um, Durant's the only guy that really came out of that looking good. Haley looked good early on. He got hurt. Um, but they're going to need help there if they don't resign Troy Hill, especially. So um, those are the those are the positions I would I would say. And then of course there's always the um, the offensive lineman if they can get a guy that they like. How about you, Paul? I'm going first three picks. So the the 36 I'm going to try to move back so I can get another pick in the top 100. So I have four picks in the top 100. I'm going three pass rushers and a tall corner. Three pass rushers. So That's you figured, right. figured, figured two of them will work out. I got Clancy. I'm hoping Ojolari drops. I got Anadike Azuma from Kansas State, DJ Johnson, Tuwe Pelotu, my buddy from USC, right? And DJ Johnson is the out of Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, the yeah, Oregon player. I read some really, really good things good. about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there are a lot of really in that bracket, that, that top 100 bracket, some really good pass rushers. They cannot go into the season with that pass rush like the way they had it from last year. And they got to bring in another veteran pass rusher, somebody who can really get it done. Um, remember, Leonard Floyd was number two in sacks for the Rams, like literally every season next to Aaron Donald. So um, that's very, very interesting. So the Rams can bring in somebody, you know, like, you know Graham from – from Philly's getting up there in years, they might be able to get him on a cheap deal. You never know. Um, Houston, they're saying um, they can maybe get him on a cheap deal because he's getting up yeah. there in years. You know who else? Uh, three free agents I'll throw at you um, that could play outside linebacker edge. Uh, familiar names, Morgan Fox, Fox Ocaron yeah. Ocaronco, and uh, Samson. Samson, yeah. Arden yeah. Key. Arden Key is another yeah. low-cost yeah. move that could maybe get like a couple of sacks. But corner also. Someone had said how Aaron Donald makes average players great pass rushers, and Oko, uh, well, actually, more Morgan Fox is probably the better example. Oko kind of started getting it done late in the year with the Texans. Uh, but, and I don't know if you caught it. I mentioned it on a couple of pods. Uh, Samson took a shot at the Rams, I thought, saying that, you know, he went to the 49ers because he wants to be an edge rusher and the Rams never let him be a pure edge rusher. So I don't I don't know. Uh, you could take that two ways. Okay, come back now and you can be a pure edge rusher. Or does McVay say, hey, you know, you were kind of um, 
we didn't we didn't appreciate what you had to say about how we used you, so we're not interested. Well, whoever comes to the Rams, they have no competition other than Heck. So they they pretty much you know got the slot to themselves. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, anything, any parting shots? Anything else you want to talk about before we sign off here? Think yeah, I mean, let's let's ask. I want to. I'll ask the question to you guys. Who, who else is uh, who else is going to be cut or moved? Um, besides, you know, from the Rams um, after the, you know, maybe after the draft or uh, who who's going to get cut? Higby. I think so. I think Higby's gone. I think Higby's gone. I think uh, two things are going to happen. I think they're going to be like, we, you know, Tom and I love the whole street free agent scenario. Those post cuts. I mean, there's so much talent there. Right. And then the whole Bradbury scenario. Right. That happened afterwards that he, when he became available, right. Obviously he was out of our price range, but um, I think tight end is a situation that you're, you see in the NFL already. So, you know, they're just glorified uh, large wide receivers in a lot of respects. So you have two types of tight ends that are in the NFL right now, the glorified, you know, large wide receivers, and then you have the guys that can actually block. So the Rams need, you know, somebody, if they can plug in somebody who's solid blocking, you know, can move the chains, I think they'll be okay. I think Bryson Hopkins can definitely play until Bryson Hopkins gets his, you know, his confidence and his legs under him. Or, you know, this kid, Darnell Washington, Tom, I don't know if you saw his combine. Darnell Washington, the kid from Georgia, the kid is 6'7", 265, runs like the wind, and cannot be tackled one-on-one. Now, I know tight end is not a glory position for the Rams, but if you can steal this kid, right, somehow bring this kid on, and look at the rookie implications, right? He's going to be outside of round one, which is great, theoretically, hopefully. Oh, remove Higby. And then you got uh, Washington, Hopkins, and now we got the, uh, our buddy Long for depth, right? That's not a bad scenario. I can roll with that rather than Higby and his money. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and the thing about those street free agents is that, you're like, look what we just saw with Miami, right? There, there's going to be a lot of existing tight ends moving because the tight this is such a strong uh, draft class for tight ends. So a lot of people are going to be targeting tight ends. They'll, they'll draft their guys, and then they're going to cut the guys that they have. So tight ends are going to be they're, – they're going to be uh, – there are a lot of them out there. And um, Higby, you know, God bless him, and he played through a lot of injuries last year, but – the guy's pretty much broken down and not a threat in the red zone. And uh, um, I just don't see it. So I agree. Uh, Tyler Higby is your, your prime candidate for your, uh, for your next cut. Any, any other long shots for, uh, for getting cut? I don't really, I can't really think of any. I mean, the Rams have so many free agents of their own. Um, I'd, I'd almost flip it and say, are any of those guys coming back? Nick Scott, Greg? I think Nick. I think Nick Scott is coming back. I think they have no choice. They have to bring Nick Scott back. In that scheme, you need leadership in the secondary. And if you look at it now, without Ramsey, that's one thing that they cannot say. That would be, that would be schematic suicide unless somebody else pops up on their radar um, in the next couple of weeks. But I think you should bring back Nick. And Nick Scott has flexibility. He could play strong safety. He could play free safety. But what I like about Nick Scott, the kid produces. He produces. You know, he has his fair share of big plays. He's solid back there. 
um, steadying influence on the field. I think that's the kind of player, and you know he's going to give you the home the hometown discount. So yeah, you have. I guess only. Yeah, the, the only other player, if you're really trying to prod Tom for a potential answer, um, I would hope they wouldn't do this. But Rob Havenstein is a guy that they could probably save a little bit of money on. But that offensive line, they just cannot take any hits there, I don't think. Um, I know he's one of their highest paid players, though. But he what missed a few snaps at the end of the year. Other than that, he was a rock. Is there someone? Is there someone you were hoping that a name that we would come up with that you're thinking of? Or? No, not necessarily. I think that um, the only other candidate might be Brian Allen. Yeah, Brian Allen. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's neither here nor there, really. A couple million dollars saved, but that's an example. Yeah. I think they like to move on from guys that are just injury prone like that, that are hanging around that they can't get. Especially, you can't get any continuity. If Brian Allen's your starting center, and he can't see. You, you know, he's gonna. You, like I would say. The number, the, the position on the field that you don't want to lose mid-game is the one, aside from quarterback, of course, is um, is your offensive, is your center. Like that that messes things up so bad. He's the signal caller usually out there. Uh, it, it's it, I, I think that that's a position you have to have a guy that is going to stay healthy. Yeah, it'll be interesting. There are so many free agents of their own that they have. Um I, I, I think there's just going to be some really big surprises. Hopefully they're nice surprises and not bad surprises, but we're going to find out here pretty quickly. Um, yeah, they're going to, there, there will be some surprises, and it will be all about clearing space for 2024. I'm absolutely convinced that's their strategy at this point. Everything they're doing um, points directly toward that. And it's not just clearing. I mean, they have how much they didn't save very much on Ram. They didn't save very much on Leonard Floyd. The point is, clear the space, clear the, the position for for young guys to go out there and play and compete and find out who we really got for 2024. That's the, and, you know, and then, hey, we got a bunch of, of uh, minimum salary guys, you know, a million dollars each. Let them go play, you know, let's see what happens. And we're not going to win. And, and those draft picks, by the way, I'm not saying they're tanking, but this is their way of resetting Right. It's let a bunch of young guys play, see who we got. Don't pay very much money. Have a ton of take dead cap this year. Take our lumps this year and get ready for 2024. Have a ton of flexibility. Like Paul said, we know who we can, who can play and who can't play because guys got on the field because Leonard Floyd wasn't out there and Jalen Ramsey wasn't out there and so forth. And um, and let's I, I the other thing I'm going to predict right now is that there are going to be a lot of guys that to kind of take the year off because of injuries. I think you're going to see uh, some Matthew Stafford. Um, there's going to be a lot of guys who are like, hey, you know what? I got a little bit of an injury. I'm going to sit a lot. There's going to, they're resting up next year. If you're a veteran player, they want to stay healthy and get ready for 2024 because I, I think they think they have one more shot at this. And that was a nice bonus for Stafford, right? Because he was coming in from the offseason. They were talking about his elbow. Right. Yeah. Think about that. He got a chance to rest that elbow. So that gun, yeah. that gun should be well rested this season too. Yeah. And if they can protect him, he'll play. But if they can't, I yeah, they can't. I they would, can't do that what they did last year. And we saw yeah. that. Got, you know, and same thing with Cooper Cup. They can't do that again. So, yeah. So going back to the question of let's just maybe as the last as the last point here, Mark, is that if we think of Stafford as having you know only a couple more years left in the tank, 
um, this maybe this year kind of on a half resting year and then really going for it in 2024. Is it time to go after a quarterback? Because um, they are they have they have committed to reset that backup quarterback position. And so is it time to go draft a guy that they think could step in? Do they use one of their early picks for that? Yeah, I I be interesting to see if if they were playing for a title this year I, I think they would draft a quarterback later just for insurance against Stafford if they're playing for the long the, if they're playing the long game they may draft someone earlier that's just my quick thoughts on that right. Agree with how about how about Thompson Robinson from UCLA as a backup and let him get uh groomed to take over that kid's exciting uh. Oh yeah, yeah he, yeah he, yeah that he was, boy he really came. He, he really hadn't played much football before he got to. Uh, yeah. To uh, uh, I can I, that would be a, that would be a great pick. You know, late, late, late in the draft, you grab yeah. him and you say, "Listen, in a couple of years, this is going to be your spot because that kid's exciting." DTR, I love it. I would love it. I got another update from my special assistant, and he's telling me that. He's just grabbing this from someone else's post. It might be uh, Jordan or, or one of the Twitter, one of the Ram cover uh, reporters on Twitter. The Rams really like their young cornerbacks, Kobe Durant, Darion Kendrick, and we almost forgot about him, Robert Rochelle. Uh, let, they, let, let's stop that right now, Robert. Rochelle. Yeah. <laughs> if they if they really like him, I, I wish they would have played him a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Grant Haley yeah. is on the Grant Haley's ahead of Rochelle on the depth chart, unfortunately. There are, there are actually a lot of really good corners in the top 100 this year in the draft. That like Deontay Bags from Maryland, I really like. I think I think he'd be a great player for the Rams, uh, a nice fit. But yeah, I don't know if Robert Rochelle's the answer. Yeah, I don't think we're Robert Rochelle's answer. But you get, I think they might move yeast into that um, into that nickel position uh, and. Um, and then you know they run with it at you know Fuller and Quentin Lake I, again, guys. This is going to be a very young, especially on the defensive side. Um, they're going to try and readjust their attack on the offensive side, score some points, uh, but they're going to give up a lot of points too. And this year, and they're going to let those guys go out and play and learn and um, they take their licks. It's just it's just how it. They, I mean, think about that defensive side of the ball. Aside from Aaron Donald, who do you have? That is a uh, a real true veteran player. That's the thing that they, they don't really don't have anyone, right? That's it. That's about it. Group movement, but Pete Carroll did the same thing last year, right? We saw Seattle. They did that. They went that same route. Everybody counted them out. They brought in a ton of young players, and you know what? And they hit about what eighty eighty five percent on them. Yeah, they did well. That's what happened. Look, Seattle was fairly competitive. So there you go. Yeah. And it really puts your coaching staff to the test as well. And, and maybe something they'll embrace, bringing in, you know, 10 or 12 rookies and getting the, the challenge of coaching them up in your system really fast, as opposed to, you know, the same old guys coming back year after year. Um, so that that's probably a fun thing for a coaching staff, you know, something to get excited about and telling yourselves, hey, you know, we don't have to necessarily just get these guys ready for Atlanta this weekend. We're getting them ready for 2024, where we're going to be. We're going to make a serious run at a Super Bowl, hopefully. Front office test, also front office test, also. Let's see how. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, Les Snead, I, I think his last two drafts have been not convincing. I mean, the jury's still out on them, but, you know, they, I think they had a really good run there. And I think that, coincidentally, that really good run may have petered out when those guys left for Detroit, right? Uh, I forget the gentleman's name. He was head of the scouting department, right? And uh, and that may have hurt them. It seems it seems to have hurt them. But just connect, trying to connect the dots here. A lot of Falcon fans are saying, "We told you so." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's it for now, you guys. We'll get back together after the um, maybe a couple of weeks. Let free agency kind of take place and settle in, and we'll have another chat if you guys are up for it. Definitely. Absolutely. Can't wait for the draft. Okay, thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate it out here. And uh, thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up. Stay safe and have fun out there. Music courtesy of the YouTube Audio Library. Tracks featuring Bar Crawl by Track Tribe, Buckeye Bonsai by Vans in Japan, and Crimson Fly by Hamama. <laughs>